How's it going, everybody? Got a brand new episode for you, episode 64, and I am going to be reviewing all of the X-Men movies, and I will also be ranking them from worst to best. Uh, yeah, I would do a tier list like I've done for like the MCU and stuff like that, but since there's not as many movies in the X-Men franchise as there is in the MCU, um, I just decided to rank these. Um, just to, you know, because there wouldn't be that many movies in each category, I feel like. So, it's just a little easier this way. Um, I will also be talking about Tom and Jerry, which is now on HBO Max and in theaters. Uh, it'll be on HBO Max for like a month, I think. Um, so, if you want to watch it there, better watch it uh, before... A month passes, pretty much. Uh, or I think it's like 25 days or something like that, but pretty much a month. Um, but yeah, going to be reviewing that, as well as the eighth episode of WandaVision. Uh, I believe the title was previously on. Um, so I'm going to be going in-depth with that, like I've been doing with each episode every week. Uh, I will be getting into spoilers about it right off the bat with it. Um, it's not going to be my first topic, but just so you guys know, uh, if you don't want any spoilers for WandaVision episode eight specifically, uh, and I guess I'll kind of reference the rest of the season like before it. Um, so if you haven't watched any of WandaVision, I recommend you don't listen to the review of that. Um, if you're over on YouTube, I might try to put time codes in so you can skip it. Um, but yeah, if you're just listening through Spotify or wherever you listen to it, um, you'll just have to skip ahead or click off. But I hope you just skip ahead and uh, hope you don't end up hearing something you don't want to hear. Uh, but I hope you do stick around if you haven't watched WandaVision, and you don't want any spoilers. Um, but yeah, going to be getting into that. And also having to do with WandaVision, I have some very special news. But I will save that for after the intro. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. So let's get right into this special announcement here. On March 14th, I am going to be doing an interview with David Payton. Uh, you may know him as Herb on the show WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. Uh, yeah, very excited for this interview. Going to be asking him all sorts of Marvel and WandaVision related questions. Um, definitely got quite a bit to ask him. In terms of, uh, well, I don't really want to spoil it, 
but there's definitely some questions that I, I kind of have in my mind right now that are sticking with me and uh, kind of dying to ask him. So we'll see what the answer is to that question that I will not tell you because I should definitely save it for that episode. But um, yeah, it's going to be on March 14th and uh, it'll be a video form podcast. So that means you'll be able to see my face and you'll be able to see David Payton as well, which yeah, it'll be the first time I do an interview with somebody over uh i will be using zoom um so yeah it should be cool i did do a zoom episode with my friend jacob but this is like a legit review uh and it's always been audio form with my review or not reviews my interviews with people like uh the real rejects and how rudnick um but yeah very excited for the interview Gonna be talking about all sorts of Marvel and WandaVision stuff. Gonna ask him kind of what some of his movie preferences are, uh, as as well as probably TV shows and yeah, should be a great episode. Very excited for it to to go out there. I'm pretty sure it'll go out the same day the interview is done, uh, but if not, it'll just be the day after, which uh, the 14th will be on a Sunday, and. Uh, yeah, if it's not up, it'll be. If it's not up on Sunday, it'll be up the day after on Monday. So, yeah, look out for that. I will definitely be hyping it up over on my social media, and also I'll, uh, you know, put it out there and just, you know, really amp it up and get people to go listen once it finally does come out. Um, so yeah, it'll be a great episode. Um, let's get into some movie news here. In the last episode, I talked about a rumor that Jennifer Lawrence would be playing Sue Storm, aka the Invisible Woman, in Fantastic Four, and just for the MCU going forward. Uh, that rumor is debunked now. Just wanted to get that out there. Um, also, we got the official title for Spider-Man 3, which I'm sure a lot of people saw what the title was, and I'm sure a lot of people also saw the actors of the the movies, the Spider-Man movies, trolling people essentially with different titles. Tom Holland putting out uh, Spider-Man Phone Home, uh, and what's, what's, I know his name is Jacob, I can't remember his last name. Let me look up the, uh, cast here uh the other one was zandaya and she posted i believe spider-man homeboys uh and it's jacob jacob but battle on hopefully i'm saying that right uh and then he he put up uh spider-man homewrecker which i thought was hilarious but um yeah the official title is Spider-Man No Way Home. And uh, I don't mind that... <clears throat> My voice cracked a little bit there. <laughs> uh, I don't mind the title very much. Uh, I think it's fine. Um, I think it fits. Far From Home, you know, Homecoming, Far From Home, No Way Home. 
eh, it's fine. I kind of would have preferred Spider-Man Homeworlds. I can't lie. Uh, and if you look on the the whiteboard, essentially, where they first announced it in the promotional video or whatever, uh, if you, you can go watch that on, on YouTube, I'll probably end up putting that in the uh, description below. But, yeah, um, it had Spider-Man Homeworlds, and it was, like, crossed out, I think, and that said boring, and uh, that was definitely kind of a troll on the fans, because, like, a lot of fans wanted that, and were kind of sticking with that title. Myself kind of included, but I just ended up calling it Spider-Man 3 anyways. Um, but, yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, that's the official title, and... I guess I have to live with it. Uh, that makes it sound like I hate it. I really don't. I really don't hate it at all. And I think it'll grow on me after a while. But um, I just feel like they could have done a tad bit better. Just a wee bit. But it, it, it fits with what I feel like they're trying to do with this film. So. Uh, I'm not really going to go in depth with that because <laughs> this discussion would end up taking forever, but um, I might end up talking about that in the future. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Um, not a whole lot of movie news that I've really been seeing, to be honest. Uh, we have had trailers come out for movies like Disney Pixar's Luca. Um, what else? Let me open up YouTube here and search trailers. Um, let's see. Uh, apparently, I don't think this is real, but it's saying that there's a Doctor Strange 2 trailer. I highly doubt that. Um, I believe, yeah, I talked about the Cruella trailer last week. Um, I feel like there was another trailer that came out, though. Mm, you know what? I'm going to go over to the Real Rejects because they're the... Oh, yep. Army of the Dead. That's the other trailer that came out. There, uh, It was a teaser trailer. Uh, well... Both of these trailers that I mentioned are teaser trailers. But, um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Uh, Army of the Dead. I'm very intrigued to watch that. Um, didn't really watch the trailer extensively. To be honest, I don't think I'm going to watch any trailers for this movie. I think I'm just going to go into it blind. Um, because I really... Like, I know the premise of it, and I think I've seen enough, and I'm just like, I'll just wait to watch it. I, I'm i not that hyped for it, and I kind of want to go in with low expectations because I'm really not expecting much already. But it does look impressive just from the few images and, you know, GIFs, I guess you could say, uh, just like short little videos there that I've seen short well, clips rather uh, I've seen clips here and there um, 
and a bunch of just like promotional material that they've put out like set or not set photos but like they did that one photo with all the all the cast members lined up uh which originally had what's his face there shit what's his name oh my god why can't i remember his name thank you cancel thank you cancel culture you made me forget Crystalia's name for a second. <laughs> um, yeah, he was originally supposed to be in it, and then they recasted him because of the whole controversy. And I forget who the actress is that's playing like that character now. I don't know if they like rewrote the character. Well, I don't know. I don't know if like they completely rewrote it. Or if it's just like a new character, I, I'm not really sure. But yeah, um, I will definitely keep my eyes out for when this drops on Netflix, I believe. It's supposed to come out on there. Um, very intrigued. Uh, if you haven't heard of the movie, it's essentially a heist movie set in the zombie apocalypse. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty interested to check that out and uh, it's also directed by Zack Snyder I don't know if it's written by him too but I know he has a big hand in making this movie so it's a little bit different from what we typically know him to do we expect him to do I guess Uh, a little bit of a departure from the superhero franchise Um, it's his first thing since uh, Justice League so yeah we'll see how that movie is once it comes out and then the Luca teaser trailer really surprised me I did not expect the somewhat uh, mystical mystical aspects that the movie would you know involve in it Um, having the two boys essentially be sea monsters and when they get water on them that's when they turn into the sea monsters but when they don't have water on them they look like normal humans this looks interesting and since it's disney pixar i think it's going to be amazing um definitely gave me some uh onward vibes a little bit as well as ratatouille just a tad uh I believe it takes place in Puerto Rico. Sorry if I got that wrong. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, probably. I think so. I don't know. Don't get mad at me, Greg Alba. Um, I only know that because he said in, like, one of his recent videos when, uh, or actually it was when they were talking about the Luca trailer. He had said something about, uh, his heritage or whatever. And, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Puerto Rico, but I'm probably wrong and I'm going to sound like an idiot. So that's why I apologized, (laughs) but yeah. Um, again, I really don't have a whole lot in terms of movie news. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff out there, but Nothing that really stuck out to me. I know there was like some Halo TV show note 
TV show news that's going to be on uh, Paramount Plus. You know what? Let's let's go into some Paramount Plus news. Why not? Because I actually heard a couple things from that. Um, let's see here. I feel like there was. Oh yeah, there's uh, a Rugrats reboot coming to Paramount Plus that a lot of people are not gonna like, but I don't mind it. It's like a more animated feel to the Rugrats. It slightly looks terrifying, but I honestly don't mind the animation style that they're going with. Uh, I believe as well they have the original voice cast, so that's pretty interesting. But, yeah. Sounds like Paramount Plus is going to be a pretty big thing, hopefully. Uh, I know the iCarly reboot's going to be on there. A lot of reboots. A lot of reboots. I've been hearing a lot of like, you know what? Fuck it. I see a, a um, see an article right here. Let's see what we got here. Um, revival of Fraser, Yellowstone spinoff. I'm not sure what that is to be honest. Uh, inside Amy Schumer. Uh, maybe not. Uh, yeah, Halo adaptation, Star Trek animated series. Um, that's kind of all I'm seeing right now. Um, yeah, for now, that's that's all I'm seeing. Oh, both A Quiet Place 2 and Mission Impossible 7 will stream on Paramount Plus 45 days after they leave theaters. Interesting. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, Let's see. Under terms of a new output deal with MGM's premium network, Epix, the studio's features, including Lady Gaga, Starer, House of Gucci, Rocky franchise sequel Creed 3, and James Bond, uh, no time to die. We'll head to Paramount Plus after their theatrical runs. Uh, the service will also be home to 700 films from the Miramax Library. Uh, I'm getting this from Hollywood Reporter, by the way. If you want to go check this article out, uh, that's as far as I'll go into it, just because I don't really care enough to really go deep with it, but. Just kind of wanted to mention some of that stuff because I found it kind of interesting. Um, so I'm glad I actually decided to go and uh, look that up and all that. So, yeah, there's the news. Also, again, very excited for the interview with David Payton. Um, so, yeah, set your reminders for uh, March 14th. Um most likely it will come out on that day because the interview is around noon. So it should leave me plenty of time to be able to edit the video, put it out on YouTube, and then be able to take the audio and then release it, uh, you know, Spotify and all that. But, yeah, without further ado, let's get into reviewing Tom and Jerry. Last piece of news here. I actually had one more thing to add. 
Uh, looks like we are getting a Superman reboot with uh, screenwriter being Ta Nahisi Coates. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. And J.J. Uh, Abrams set to produce. Um, and the reports are saying that this Superman just might be black. And uh, it's not confirmed yet, as far as I know. But personally, I'm fine with it. I am absolutely fine with it. And uh, the only the only um, hesitation I slightly have is how they would adapt it. Um, because I don't want them to make this Superman movie like super woke and political, you know? That's not what Superman really is. Um, and I feel like they could possibly do that slightly just because, you know, Clark Kent, uh, grew up in Kansas. So if we are going with that storyline of him being Clark Kent slash Kal-El crashing down earth, ending up in Kansas with, uh, with uh, Martha Kent and uh, Jonathan Kent, um, then it would kind of make it political in a sense because it's just like you know, I don't. I've never been to Kansas. I don't know anything about it really, other than there's a lot of tornadoes, so I'll probably never go there because I'm terrified of tornadoes. But I feel like you know, obviously having a black character growing up in I know it's not really the South, but you you kind of know what I mean. It's it's one of those kinds of places. I feel like, uh, or or it might not be, but um, having it also probably take place. Uh, well, at least when he's a child, having it take place in Kansas before nowadays, it would definitely be a different kind of time and. Uh, People kind of have different mindsets, but I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm wondering if they're going to address it. And if they do address it, I hope they just don't go off the rails with it and like make it super political and woke because that's again, that's not what Superman's supposed to be. It's just like, you know, he's a superhero. He's, he's an alien from another planet that came down and, grew up with human parents essentially and just and, and by the way i love man of steel that is definitely one of my favorite superhero movies uh probably not my favorite one out of all of them but it's it's definitely my top 10 if not my top five but um but yeah sorry my neighbors are being really loud they're like yelling while they're talking and they're down the street so I hope you can't hear them, but, um, why are you so loud? <laughs> um, that kind of distracted me for a second. Yeah, I pretty much said all I kind of wanted to say on it. I don't know if they're going to go a different route with it, make it a completely different character from Krypton. You know, we'll see. I'm interested to see what they're going to do, what they're going to differentiate. Um, if it's going to be a completely new character. Because if they do that, I, I will be shocked and also highly intrigued. Uh, but also, like, there's a lot of room to really fuck this up. So, 
Yeah, just be careful because uh, while Superman's not one of my favorite superheroes, I still have a very strong connection to him because of Man of Steel. That movie just, for whatever reason, I just really connected with it. So, you know, I'm not upset that Henry Cavill won't come back. I thought he was great, but I understand why he wouldn't want to keep going forward with DC because I wouldn't at this point either. Um, especially just hearing all the things that Warner Brothers has done uh, and just like all the sneaky bullshit and all that. I don't know. And meddling with movies and fucking shit up. Just studios interfering with things. Um, that's That's the kind of shit that really pisses fans off is the studio coming in and just, you know, trying to put their creative touch on it i just did air quotes but um no i didn't but i was doing it in my brain (laughs) um yeah i don't know i wouldn't want to work for warner brothers at this point i'm happy that they seem to be going in a different direction with their movies slightly but uh wonder woman 19 wonder woman 1984 was still pretty bad so uh yeah, I, I can't say they're killing it, but I'm hopeful. And yeah, we'll just have to see what comes out of this, what comes out of, you know, Robert Pattinson's Batman and all the other projects that are in development, uh, as well as Shazam 2. I saw that they just added an actor to the roster, but I didn't recognize that actor, so... I, that's why I'm not really going into that. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens with this movie, what happens with the other DC movies that are set to come out, like Black Adam too. Uh, yeah, there's all, all sorts of stuff. And then Wonder Woman 3 is being fast-tracked. So we'll see where, to, where it's all going. And I hope it's going in a good direction and it doesn't get all fucked up. Uh, but there's a lot of room to fuck shit up, so... And I wouldn't be too surprised if if DC slash Warner Brothers did drop the ball. You know, they've been doing it for years. So, well, again, we'll have to see. But now that is all the news I have for you. Just wanted to get get through that because I uh, thought it was worth mentioning. Saw a lot of people talking about it. So, yeah, there you go. Now let's get into reviewing Tom and Jerry. All right. Tom and Jerry 2021. It is out on HBO Max and in theaters. Let me check and see how long it'll be on HBO Max. Uh, But while I'm looking that up, I'll go ahead and tell you who it's directed by and written by. Uh, It's directed by Tim Story, who... I'll look that name up in a second. I know he worked on a lot of other stuff, but written by Kevin Costello. Uh, Stars Chloe Grace Moretz as Kayla... Michael Pena as Terrence, Rob Delaney as Dubois, Dubois, spelled Dubrose, but I think it's like Dubois or something like that. Colin Jost as Dwayne, that's not his name, Uh, his name is Ben in in the movie, but it's listed as Dwayne for some reason. You have uh, Pallavi Sharda as Prita, Um, Jordan Bulger as Cameron trying to see if there was another big name there 
And you also have Eleanor Fenyinka as Sadie. Ken Jong as Jackie. There you go. That was the other big name I was looking for. Um, that's pretty much the main cast for you there. And uh, let me see. How long will Tom and Jerry be on HBO Max? It will be on there for 31 days. About 31 days. Um, it'll get... or it'll Yeah. Came out 26th, which was a Friday. Um, so yeah, about 31 days it'll be on there. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Now let me look at Tim's story and tell you what else he has worked on because he's worked on quite a bit. Um, so he did the 2005 Fantastic Four as well as Silver Surfer, I believe, right? Yep. Uh, which those movies weren't great, to be honest, but uh, also did 2002's Barbershop. Did he do the second one, too? Maybe not. Uh, also did Think Like a Man, 2004's Taxi, uh, 2019's Shaft with uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Ride Along and Ride Along 2, directed a couple of the Kevin Hart movies there. Like, uh, let me explain and what now. Um, so yeah, not a whole lot of great movies, to be honest. Um, not, not the best track record. Uh, no shade to the guy at all. But yeah, those are some of the films that he's worked on. So yeah, essentially this movie is about Tom and Jerry. Uh, well, kind of. Yeah, I would say that they're not in it a whole lot for a movie called Tom and Jerry. Uh, I would say that movie's mostly about a character called Kayla played by Chloe Grace Moretz. And she basically steals this chick's resume and starts working at this hotel. And there's a Royal wedding about to happen uh, with Ben and Prita. Um, so it's a big deal. And then Jerry comes to town, starts staying in the hotel. So Kayla hires uh, Tom, essentially, to get rid of him, but doesn't realize that having these two together is just going to cause complete chaos. So essentially, that's what happens. It's just chaos, and she has to figure that out and also, you know, manage this huge opportunity that she isn't quite qualified for um so yeah uh it's pretty funny i would say there were definitely moments that made me laugh but um to be honest i would say flora and ulysses was funnier um out on disney plus i liked that movie better um the only reason i compare it to that is because that came out last week and it also has you know, an animated slash cartoonish animal that that has super supernatural, uh, you know, abilities essentially <laughs> can't die, um, just like Tom and Jerry. Uh, Jerry is, or Tom especially. Tom falls off of like, you know, a fucking twenty story building multiple times in this and is fine. Um, 
it's very violent, <laughs> I would say, in the scenes that they they have together. Um, but that one is that scene especially, um, pretty brutal. But yeah, uh, let me see. How would I say this movie was? I I honestly kind of I don't want to say I hated this movie, but I very much disliked it past a certain point like the runtime of it really started to just really sink in and it was dragging on towards the end you could kind of tell that they were really just like trying to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks uh and a lot of it kind of really didn't i mean they still they still pulled it through to the end and it all like was coherent, I would say, but it's nothing that really blew me away. It was a pretty simple plot. Well, it was a simple plot that went very off the rails, which was surprising that Flora and Ulysses, a movie about a superhero squirrel, was less off the rails than this movie. Um, and yeah, uh, there were a lot of scenes where it was just, I mean, obviously, they're, Tom and Jerry aren't in the room with them, but it just really shows in a lot of parts that it's like, oh, yeah, they're definitely just talking to thin air right now. Like, there's no doubt about it. Um, I don't mind the have, having the cartoon aspects in in real life. There were definitely scenes where it was like outside and Tom and Jerry would actually have a shadow and stuff and they interact with their surroundings in a lot of scenes, which I, I liked all those scenes. Anything with Tom and Jerry is usually good, but since it's very light on Tom and Jerry in this movie, I would say um, a majority of this movie is pretty unbearable. Um, no shade if you like this movie, but I would not want to watch this again. Um, I don't know if it'd be on my top 10 worst of this, this year, but maybe it might get a place on there just because at a certain point I was just like, can this movie just end already, please? Um, yeah, this movie was way longer than it needed to be. Uh, the plot was just kind of a little all over the place. Um, there was a funny scene though, where, uh, Jerry gave, Kayla his business card and uh she was like really impressed by it and she's like and it's scented and I was like love that I love that and then Rob Delaney called uh Tom and Jerry Thomas and and Jerome at one point I thought that was pretty funny uh Rob Delaney was pretty funny in it but he's not in it a whole lot Michael Pena pulled off being a dick in this movie he was an asshole but um in the end he was he was still funny I liked him Ken Jong's barely in it. He's he's like the head chef. Um, he's kind of just in it to be Ken Jong in a way. But yeah, Colin Jost, kind of an unlikable asshole, but at the same time, he doesn't really know that he's being unlikable. He's just like kind of naturally extravagant, I guess you would say. Um, Prita was a pretty cool character, but... Yeah, I mean, Kayla was a great character, but I couldn't get past the fact that it was like, she's a scam artist, essentially, like, 
uh it's hard hard for me to feel for this character when she's just like kind of scamming these people but in the end they do redeem her quite a bit and she does have redeeming qualities just being overall a very helpful and just kind person um even though she does sketchy shit uh she's still quite likable um but that whole scamming things always in the back of your brain. Cause she does this thing in the beginning of the movie that just really makes her look terrible. Um, I'm not going to say what it is. You guys can go watch it for yourself. I don't really feel like going super in depth with this movie because it's fucking Tom and Jerry. But, uh, one thing that really frustrated me, there were these cartoon singing pigeons that wrapped in the beginning of the movie. And with that, I was just like, oh, I can tell where this movie is going just from the intro here. Uh, and then John Legend voiced one of them. And there was this whole scene where like you were supposed to feel bad for the characters and he was singing a sad song. And I was just like, it, it went on for a while, like the whole song. And I was just like, can we not do this right now? I just want to have fun and watch Tom and Jerry like this. Ugh. They're trying to make you feel bad for like cartoon characters and shit. And it's just like, I don't feel bad. I came here to watch them beat each other up and just like do crazy shit. And, and they're not for most of this. So yeah, I gotta say this movie was pretty bad. Uh, and now that I keep talking about it, it just makes me think more and more that I'll probably end up putting it on my top 10 worst of this year. Uh, again, no shade if you like the movie, but I hated it. <laughs> I it was it was annoying at a certain point for me. Um, I usually don't try to hate on movies that much, but when I when I am like actively, not just in my mind, but like verbally saying that I am done watching this movie and I want it to be over, you can tell that it's pretty bad. Uh, that doesn't happen a whole lot, but. Also, I usually try not to watch terrible movies, so there's that too. So, uh, yeah, there's my review for Tom and Jerry. Um, yeah, if you have kids, they'll probably enjoy it. Um, and if you liked the old Tom and Jerry, there's things to enjoy about it. There's funny thing like sequences. There's great actors, like great comedians and stuff like that. Um it's not terribly made either, but in the end, it was just kind of a big flop for me. Uh, and yeah, so that's 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 my review. That's all. Um, if you want to go watch it still, you know, I, I won't judge you. You know, I don't blame you at all. Go watch whatever's new. I don't blame you. I would say... Watch Flora and Ulysses rather than this, though. Flora and Ulysses had a little more to it. And it was it was a little bit funnier. Um, and a lot less annoying. A lot less annoying. Um, but yeah. There you go. Alright, so WandaVision Episode 8, titled previously on. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I said I was going to do the movies first or but yeah i'm saving the x-men stuff for last just because that's going to take up a big portion 
So I figured I'd talk about this first. Um, yeah, going straight into spoilers, as I said before, uh, or at least I think I said that. Um, but yeah, this episode, we really get a, uh, a glimpse into Wanda's past. It starts off uh, in Sokovia, and we see all her sitcom uh, her box of sitcoms, essentially, uh, that her family owned. And, you know, like Malcolm in the Middle, I Love Lucy, Bewitched, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and you can really start to see all the elements that this show pulled from those um, more now th- than ever, uh, especially in the uh, Dick Van Dyke show in the episode that they were watching, I was just blown away by how, how close the kitchen in the first episode of WandaVision looked to the kitchen in that episode that they were watching. Um, but yeah, then you get the blast, their parents die. And then you get the Stark bomb that never blew up. And we figure out that Wanda actually made it. So it's wouldn't, um, finding out that she had her powers all along, which is pretty cool. That's what I got from it, at least. Maybe maybe that's not what it was, but that's that's what I got from it. Um, but yeah, then you get her going to the Hydra facility and interacting with the Mind Stone. Um, you see her see a glimpse of herself essentially as the Scarlet Witch. Um, by the way, you do get her official Scarlet Witch title at the end of this episode from Agnes herself or Agatha. Um, but in the very beginning of the episode, we get a backstory on Agatha and see that she was in Salem, Massachusetts uh, way back in the 1800s. And she broke some sort of witch code and was sentenced to death or something like that and uh, ended up not working and just making her more powerful. So she killed all the witches and yeah. Um, After the Hydra base, we see her at the Avengers facility um, with vision and yeah, very, very beautiful moment there with her and Vision. I It just makes me love Vision more and more with every episode that he's in. Um, this one especially. But after that... Oh, what was it? We don't see any of uh, uh, Monica or Pietro in this uh, episode. But... Yeah, it's all all about Wanda pretty much in this episode, I would say. Just trying to figure out where her power stem, stems from. And uh, yeah, some crazy shit. And then we finally see what happened at the, uh, the sword facility. She didn't end up stealing Vision's body at all. Uh, she actually created him from nothing. Which is a big what the fuck. Because... That means Hayward's being being very, very fucking untrustable um, and definitely kind of setting him up as a more villainous uh, kind of role. Um, 
more antagonistic, but he always he kind of has been since the beginning, I would say. Um, yeah, so he's definitely a fucking dick. I hate that guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, what else was I going to say? That's pretty much it. I just kind of summed it up there in like under five minutes, but um, I don't think I'm going to go too deep with this because I'm going to go even deeper. That's That sounded weird. Uh, when I do my full series review for it uh, after episode nine comes out. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be going in depth with in depth with that. Uh, I've been talking to my friend Jacob and I think he is going to come on the podcast and talk about the season as a whole. Um, he isn't watching anymore. Uh, he's, he's waiting for the rest of the episodes to come out and then he'll watch it as a whole. Uh, I think he watched up to the seventies episode. I, I believe he watched the seventies episode and then didn't watch past that. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely be going in depth with that once he comes on. Um, let me see the dates here. Um, so next episode will be out on the fifth. Again, as I've said in previous episodes, there's a rumor going around that there's a secret 10th episode. Don't know how true that is, but we shall see. Uh, next Friday also, uh, Ray and the Last Dragon's coming out as well as Chaos Walking and Coming to America, which I need to watch the first one because I haven't seen it, but, um, I'll probably review those back to back. Um, but yeah, back to WandaVision, um, on episode or after episode nine, I'll be like going in depth with that for a second. Well, pretty much as long as I did for for this episode uh and then i'll just like go into the series as a whole or maybe i won't review the episode maybe i'll just do the series as a whole but um yeah so that'll be probably that episode will probably come out on the sixth so check out that when it comes out um but yeah sorry for the short review of wandavision there but i just wanted to to kind of recap it a little bit. Um, my thoughts on the episode, I didn't care for it that much, mainly because my only issue with this show right now is it's called WandaVision, and I feel like it's just Wanda now. Like, Vision isn't a big part of it anymore. Which is a shame, because I've been loving every bit of Vision, you know, anything we get. Um, but I think that'll change with the next episode, because now we have the White Vision, which I actually forgot in the recap. Uh, so yeah, Hayward put brought White Vision online with some of Wanda's magic brought uh, taken off the drone that she threw back to him when after she confronted him coming out of the hex. So yeah. Um I have a feeling that 
we're going to have evil vision versus good vision. Um, I think that vision's consciousness will end up in that body somehow. Uh, and maybe he'll be around for future installments and shit. Um, as far as the cameo that's supposed to happen that Paul Bettany was, was teasing. I don't know if it's actually going to happen now because there's been some people out there saying, Oh, it's probably just him being a little sneaky sneak and trying to say like the big cameo is him. Um, but I don't know. Maybe we'll still get a big cameo. I have a feeling. I, I, I feel like Dr. Strange is going to show up. I feel like he has to. In fact, the, the, I, what am I trying to say? I'm almost surprised that like, it's taking him so long to get to this, but he probably has a good reason. Um, we'll see. But yeah, there's my breakdown slash somewhat review of WandaVision episode eight titled previously on. Uh, sorry again for the short-ish review for that, but again, going to be going in-depth with it next week, so look out for that. All right, let's get into talking about some X-Men movies here. Um, I'm basically just going to do my ranking of it and just kind of talk about them as I go through. Um, so yeah, let's start with number 10, which 10 will be the worst. Um, and I would have to say it's Dark Phoenix, which came out in 2019. Um, I have to say a decent majority of this movie isn't bad. It sets up something really cool, but just completely falls apart by the third act. Um, also, some of the writing is kind of lazy. You can really tell they just, you know, pushed to get it out pretty much since it was the last X-Men film uh, before Disney took over Fox, essentially. Um, <clears throat> yeah, if you don't know the Dark Phoenix storyline... Uh, it's basically just Jean Grey gets these cosmic powers and ends up killing a bunch of mutants and shit and just like a bunch of people in general and is super dangerous and also one of the most powerful beings in the universe uh, and they call her Dark Phoenix. So, yeah, um, this takes place in the Michael Fassbender and... Uh, Oh, shoot. What's his name? Oh, that's really going to bother me. Where are my notes at? James McAvoy. Takes place in that that era or, uh, you know, those, those sets of characters. The ones that have been, like, first class and Days of the Future Past and all that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's not a good film at all. Um... Like I said, it sets up something cool, but it just completely fizzles up. So, wouldn't recommend it. Number nine, I have X-Men Origins Wolverine that came out in 2009. Uh, there's a lot of terrible digital effects in this. Um, and they completely butchered the character of Deadpool, obviously. A lot of people know about that. Um The only real redeeming quality of this movie, there's actually two. One of them is obviously uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I think he kills it every time. And the second is the opening montage of him and his brother fighting throughout the different 
uh, wars, essentially, like the Civil War, World Wars, um, all that, sh- <clears throat> all that shit, Vietnam, and all that too. Um, but yeah, uh, you can kind of guess from the title if you haven't seen it. It's just the origin of Wolverine, um, and yeah, there's that for you. Uh, number eight, I have X-Men Apocalypse that came out in 2016. Uh, this movie was pretty bad, but I wouldn't say as bad as Dark Phoenix and X-Men Origins Wolverine. Um, it has a great Quicksilver scene. I would say slightly better than than the uh, Days of Future Past scene, just by a hair. But... um. <clears throat> Yeah, what else was I going to say there? Apocalypse was kind of a generic villain. Um, but the thing that always redeems these films uh, is the cast most of the time. So that's that's what I'd say this really has going for it. So um, not the worst, but also not the best. At number seven, I have X-Men First Class from 2011. Um, I really just did not care for this film. Uh, I love James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender as Charles Xavier and Eric Lancher, um, Professor X and Magneto. But overall, this film just didn't quite do it for me. Um, I, I still don't quite know what it is about the movie that I don't like. I think it's just a little bit cheesy and like some of the writing isn't the best also it's like really over sexual with a lot of shit like there's there's a lot of sex scenes in there well i think there's only two but it's it just like kind of takes you out of it because like there's a oh, i forget her name like crystal lady can't remember her name but there was like a sex scene or whatever with her and it was just like is this necessary and like the outfit that they have her in just like these really skimpy outfits for a lot of the women in the film and i'm just like why is this necessary why did why do these superhero films love to give you know these female characters these super skimpy outfits which kind of uh goes back to x-men apocalypse with uh uh what's her face psylocke she was cool but that outfit like holy crap i've heard from the actress like she said something about how it was like super uncomfortable and like honestly hurt to wear um and it like rode up in the crotch area i'm like shit dude i would never um but yeah I guess they're trying to keep it, like, more comic book accurate, but at the same time, like, take a note from what Marvel is doing. Like, they they don't make these super skimpy, just, like, over-the-top outfits. <sighs> but, yeah, there you go. Uh, at number six, I have the Wolverine. The reason I have this uh, above first class is is for the train fight scene alone. If you've seen this movie, you know what I'm talking about. That train fight scene is the coolest scene I have I have watched in a long time. 
that shit blew me away. And I have never really watched this movie. It was this one and Dark Phoenix that I had never really watched before. Um, so for me, it was pretty much the first time I watched I I was watching this, but I already knew quite a bit of the plot. Um, but yeah, it's not the greatest. The storyline's kind of meh, but the in the end, you know, it's that train fight scene that really sticks out to me, and also just Hugh Jackman as Wolverine slash Logan. I think he killed it in this one. Um, so yeah. Uh. Oh, also, if you didn't know, I believe it takes place in Tokyo. I think so. Um, or some shit like that. Hong Kong. I can't remember. Um, yeah, it might be Hong Kong, actually. Because, oh, wait, maybe it was Japan, though, because I believe Nagasaki was a big thing. Yeah, should be Japan then. Um, yeah, he basically goes there, and it's, it's a very samurai-esque film. Um, but yeah, I'm not a huge fan of samurai kind of films, so that's probably one of the reasons why it's not higher up on my list here. Um, and coming in at number five, I have X-Men The Last Stand. A lot of people might think right now, Really? You put that movie this high up? Yeah. You know, it came out in 2006. It came out in a time where I was a child and I was watching these movies. Uh, the first three movies really stuck with me just because I loved those when I was a kid. But yeah, that's why I'm putting it here. You have a lot of great cast mem members, but there's a lot of stuff in here that happens and that I just don't like. Like uh, Raven slash Mystique turning human. Which, for some reason, I never remembered until I recently watched it. I was like, really? I forgot that happened. Um, but yeah, it's not the greatest. You know, you have the whole juggernaut thing, which is super over the top and cheesy. There's a lot of cheesy elements to this movie. Um, but overall, I would say it was a pretty good film. Um, they did the whole Dark Phoenix thing with Gene and this one played by a different person, not Sophie Turner. I can't remember the person who played her uh, in the original three, but yeah, um, it's not the greatest movie, but I still thought it was a pretty strong entry into the franchise. Um, and you got the main cast, which you pretty much never go wrong with them, uh, at least in my eyes. Uh, number four, I have X-Men from 2000. Uh, you might also be surprised that I have X-Men below the second X-Men. Or maybe you don't, or maybe you're not surprised. I don't know. Uh, overall, I would say this movie has some cheesy, cheesy things in it. I like a lot of it, but one of the lines that just takes me out of it every time and just kills me is, you know what happens to Frog? Or, yeah, is it Frog? You know what happens? It might be a toad. Yeah. You know what happens to a toad when it gets struck by lightning? Same thing that happens to everything else. Worst fucking line I've ever heard. Uh, I've probably heard worse, but still, that's a terrible line. Um, so, yeah. Ch -ch -ch -ch. Trying to think. 
if there's anything else I want to say on that. I mean, it really kicked off the franchise. Um, given that it, was, it came out in 2000, some of the visual effects don't quite hold up, uh, especially with the senator dude that turns into like a blob pretty much. And yeah, some of that doesn't doesn't look good at all. But for the most part, they stick to a lot of practical effects that I like. And then the digital effects they do use, they look pretty good from what I, I remember. Um, I watched it, you know, preparing for this, but uh, I also watched it on a laptop. So I don't know if it would look better or worse on the big screen. But for me, I would say the visual effects were pretty good. So, um. Yeah, honestly, they were a little... It's kind of funny that, like, the films before X-Men Origins Wolverine did the visual effects better. <laughs> um, I think it's just because they, I believe they went for full CG uh, claws, which, you know, I think in the X-Men films, he actually had, like, physical ones that he used. Um, obviously not as sharp, most likely, but, you know, prop prop claws to wear um but yeah there you go and uh the villain of this movie is magneto it's centered on him the second one isn't centered actually the first one is the only one that's really centered on him as the main villain i feel like that and a little bit the third but i would say gene is definitely more of the villainous role in that film um but also the overarching villain of all of these is pretty much humans. Um, but yeah, at number three, I have X2, X-Men United from 2003. Something about this film I just always loved. Uh, well, not always. I actually didn't always love this film too much. Uh, you know, previously to watching this being a little more grown up, um, I, I appreciate a lot more aspects about it. Um, also love the Wolverine suit, the like mostly black and then the white, like yellow lining and stuff like that looks so cool. So I love whenever he wears that. Also, Iceman has a bigger part in this movie. Um, you get William Stryker in there, um, Overall, I would say this movie was very enjoyable. Um, you had all the team there, and it felt pretty coherent from what I would say. Um, I can't remember if Magneto was really in it. I don't think he really was a whole lot. Wait, what? yeah, he was. Yeah, pretty sure he was. Could be wrong, though. Oh, yeah. Because, like, he was working with the rest of the X-Men along with Raven. Um, and then they kind of backstabbed them. Which isn't surprising for Magneto. Um, but yeah, I very much enjoyed this movie. And would say it's my favorite out of the, like, original trilogy. Um, having, having, you know, the first one a close second. And then... The third one after that, obviously. Um, yeah, so at number two, I have X-Men Days of Future Past from 2014. This movie is fantastic. 
love the Quicksilver scene in this. Also, um, you know, the Sentinels and all that and having having both timelines kind of connected in a way I thought was really cool. And then having Wolverine sent back to a different timeline. So you kind of get him, you know, interacting with younger versions of these characters. Um, then you get a lot of the original, you know, main trilogy uh, X-Men characters in there. Uh, like Iceman and Kitty Pride, although she didn't come in until, well, the Elliot Page version didn't come in until uh, the third one. It was played by a different person for the other two and had a much smaller part. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Trask was a pretty good villain. Played, can't talk. Played by Peter Dinklage. Um, Love Magneto again. Michael Fassbender is amazing as Magneto, and he had very large shoes to fill with having Ian McKellen being the original Magneto. Um, Same goes for uh, James McAvoy. Um, He definitely had large, large shoes to fill. I would say that the Professor X you see in, you know, played by James McAvoy is a kind of different take on the Charles Xavier you're used to with Patrick Stewart because they're at different points in their lives. And also at a certain point, you know, it kind of seems to be a different timeline even uh, with like Dark Phoenix and stuff. Um, there's definitely a lot of retconning and stuff that's just like super unclear. Like the bone claws that Wolverine has, it's like, you know, he should have them in this. He has them at the end of this movie, but at the beginning of the next one, he has metal claws again. It's just like, how? Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I'm going to say on that. If you haven't watched Days of Future Past, I definitely recommend it. Uh, I believe it's on Disney Plus, so go check that out. Not all the X-Men films are on Disney Plus, but they have a few. believe they have X-Men Apocalypse, X-Men First Class, the Wolverine. Uh, and I think they might have the first three X-Men films, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But I know they have Days of Future Past on there. And uh, for the final film in this X-Men movie ranking, you probably already know what it is. It's 2017's Logan. This movie blew me away the first time I watched it. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorite movies from that year, if not my favorite. I can't remember all the releases from that year at the moment, but this movie was so fantastic. It was so well made, and having the R rating on there just took it that step further that it needed to really send this character off. And, uh, you know, after watching all these X-Men movies again, just reassures me that it's going to be so hard to find somebody I will fully accept as a new Wolverine for the MCU. But yeah, there's my ranking and somewhat reviews for all the X-Men movies. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And that is it for today. Um, I will be back next week to review. Hold up. Let me find my phone. Uh, 
I can't remember exactly what comes out next week. Uh, I believe one of them was Rhea and the Last Dragon. So there will definitely be a review for that. I'm debating on seeing that in the theaters. Because I honestly don't want to pay $30 for it on Disney+. Plus. Just doesn't seem worth it to me, to be honest. All right. Okay, one sec. There we go. All right, March 5th should be Friday. Yep. So uh, March 4th, SpongeBob movie should be coming out. Sponge on the run. So I'll probably have a review of that. As well as Ray and the Last Dragon and Chaos Walking with Daisy Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland. And probably going to talk about Coming to America and then Coming to America. Um, so yeah, as well as WandaVision Episode 9, uh, whatever that might be titled, should be the finale. Don't know if there's still going to be that secret 10th episode. Uh, again, it's just a rumor, but we will see. Um, and I will most likely be reviewing WandaVision with my friend Jacob. So look out for that next week. Uh, probably on Saturday, but maybe on Sunday. So we'll see. Uh, also, it takes me a bit of time to edit these videos and put it out on YouTube. So it's pretty, pretty instant for uh for audio form but it takes a sec for like a day or two for for youtube however my review or not review my interview with david payton from wandavision that should be up on youtube first because it'll be video form so i'll edit the video first and then put it out and then take the audio from that and distribute it on all the listening platforms um, but yeah, that was the episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. I'll be back next week to review all that stuff. And yeah, uh, you can, why am I blanking right now? You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at pop culture podcast. I'm also on YouTube under the same name. Uh, the easiest way to find my YouTube channel would probably, probably to go to my website which I believe you can find in the there's a link in the bio of my Instagram it should take you there um, but yeah for some reason the YouTube algorithm just hates me and it's really hard to find if you just search it but maybe it won't be for you um, yeah so anything else I don't think so I'll be back next week and uh, also stay tuned for that interview with David Payton. And yeah, I'm, I still feel like I'm missing something, but I don't think so. All right. Yep. This is it. This is a very clumsy way to end the episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Bye.